who is here but was not here last week? Can I see by hands? A good number. Okay. Great. Well, welcome here. Here's how, I, how come I asked. I periodically do series where I do a sequence of classes that have a reason for being a sequence. I'm actually in a four-week sequence. It was going to be two weeks, but I ended up like having too many things I wanted to talk about on really the um, major components of spiritual practice. If you've missed uh, the first, we're on the third week here. I'll do a bit of a review, so tonight is not going to be a wash for you. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, but if you've missed them, a couple of things. Uh, we have a how to meditate pamphlet you might want to get hold of because it has all the elements in it. Also, these uh, talks are all recorded and you can get them on the web and you can get them podcasted. So those are some options. Some of you might have heard the little phrase that enlightenment is an accident and practice makes you accident prone. You know that one? I think it's great because, you know, we have no control over it. We can't make ourselves get realized. But we can have a care about waking up so that we begin to pay attention more so that we're available for this process of freedom. And what the mystics have described over the centuries, the power of training our minds, you know, now science is really, because of uh, the possibility of doing all these scans, um, electromagnetic scans and so on, science is being able to show what the mystics have been talking about in certain ways. And the basic principle is neuroplasticity, that as you pay attention in certain ways, it changes the structure and function of the mind. So if you pay attention and settle the mind or become more mindful or do a compassion practice, it actually activates parts of the front front left cortex and that's the part of the brain that's related to positive emotions and it diminishes the fight-flight energy so we're less caught up in aggression. It just has an effect. Hence, more and more people are drawn to really these practices that are very, very powerful at bringing us, in a way, my language is really bringing us home to what we can be, really home to a quality of presence and heart that is, is where freedom is. So classically, the practices, the whole pile of practices could be described as three different gateways, and they're also called refuges in the Buddhist tradition. And one of the gateways is the gateway of presence, which is um, getting right here and being present with what's happening. So the last two weeks we've been, we explored the gateway of presence, how to notice what's going on right here and arrive. And what we're going to be exploring tonight is the second gateway, which is really the gateway of the heart. How do we pay attention to our hearts and how do we wake up our hearts in a way that frees us and then next week, the last week is the gateway of awareness itself how do we actually look into presence or awakeness itself to be free so each gateway has all the other two embedded in it they're not really distinct, they're interdependent interpenetrating, but they're useful to have as a way to think about things So just by way of review, on the uh, first week that we were here, we explored the practices of what I think of as the strategies of arriving. 
I mean, we're, we move around in such a trance of being on our way somewhere else. We're so preoccupied. We're so in this mode of, of trying to get things done and really not noticing that there's some just simple ways that we can invite ourselves here. And so that's what we reviewed, just ways of relaxing, ways of having an anchor or a home base and choosing one that really works for us talked on the first week about what I sometimes call remindfulness, which is really noticing when the mind has drifted into thoughts and not trying to get rid of thoughts, but having the choice, not being lost in them, remindfulness. And then last week we explored really cultivating and deepening natural presence itself. And the, if there's two questions that you can remember when it comes to what is natural presence, the first is really what is happening right here. Because one quality of natural presence is this recognizing quality. It's the quality that's awake and noticing. And the other question is, can I let it be what's happening here? Can I say yes? Can I allow? So natural presence is awake and it's allowing. Those are the two qualities. We also explored last week how we have this intention to rest in this presence, just to simply notice and allow the moment-to-moment experience. And when we start arriving, we realize it's very difficult. It's very difficult to stay. You know, one friend of mine described... um, I think this happened up at Kripalu or somewhere. They were doing a training uh, for young people in meditation, actually. And two parents were talking, and one was saying to the other, yeah, my, my son's doing this whole training and internship and so on. And the other said, well, what's meditation? And the response was, well, I don't know, but at least he's not sitting around doing nothing, you know. <laughs> Little did they know, you know. <laughs> but there's a reason we don't sit around and do nothing so often. And that is because as soon as we just simply intend to notice what's here, we get anxious. We're very programmed to feel like we need to be doing something, be vigilant in some way, um, be active and think. And what happens when the mind starts quieting is some of the places inside us that we weren't attending to start revealing themselves, the loneliness or the anxiety or the sorrow, the anger stuff we've been running from. So it's not so easy to be present. And I shared last week the acronym that I, that many people now are teaching with uh, more and more that I think is so helpful, which is RAIN, where not only do we recognize and allow what's going on in the moment, like let's say there's anger, okay, recognize it and let it be here right now, but the I means we investigate with an intimate quality of attention, we begin to investigate what's here, really sense where it is in our body, sense really what's happening and being with it. And when we recognize and allow and investigate in this way, we come back home to the end, which is not identified. In other words, the weather's playing out, but it's just weather. It doesn't define us. It doesn't possess us. We're back to natural awareness. So these are the... um, This was the last few weeks, and then, as I mentioned tonight, we're going to explore the gateway of the heart. 
And one way to describe it is that when we're practicing presence, when we're trying to be with, unless there's a real quality of gentleness and tenderness, we can't really be present. That's why the gateway of the heart is essential training. Many people think of it like the real meditation practice is sitting on the cushion alone by yourself going inward, but actually uh, it's just as much the practice to realize our relatedness and our belonging with each other and with life. Some of you might remember that personals ad in the intricycle. It's a tall, dark, handsome Buddhist looking for himself, you know. <laughs> so, and there's a tradition, you know, to sit alone on the cushion, but it's really... The Buddha said that, you know, he was asked, you know, aren't friends a really good, a good important part of the holy life? And he said, no, they're the whole of the holy life. And the word metta which is the word for loving-kindness, one of the translations is friendliness. So I'd like to explore tonight, if I had to say what it will boil down to, is how do we cultivate a real friendliness, like a real tenderness. And one of the things I've noticed is that the most deep, important truths on the spiritual path we constantly forget. And one of the deepest truths that I know is that unless we love the life that's right here, we can't be happy and free in our world. We keep forgetting that it begins with us really genuinely embracing the life that's right here, what we call ourself. And I'm not talking about the story of self, I'm talking about the experience, the life that's right here in this body, heart, and mind. We keep forgetting. And the sign of forgetting is we turn on ourselves, we judge ourselves. Some of you might remember my favorite, one of my favorite prayers that goes, Dear God, so far today I've done all right. I haven't gossiped, been greedy, been grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. I'm very thankful for that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. And from then on, I'm probably going to need a lot of help. (laughs) So the training that we begin with, and we're going to do a few different practices tonight, um, a few of the classical heart practices, and, and the main emphasis in these practices will be really our relationship with the life that's right here in this body, heart, and mind. And if you leave here tonight with a little more intention to regard this life with kindness, this very life, a little more remembering, that's profound and radical on the path. Just even a little more remembering, okay? So loving gets confused. We're mostly doing conditional loving. We love another person when they're cooperating with how we want them to be. We love ourselves when we're doing our body or our mind or our behaviors or the way we think they should be. One person wrote this. They said, when you're in love, it's the most glorious two and a half days of your life. (laughs) (laughs) So it's very temporary. It's very tentative. So, and then the shadow side of love, as I mentioned, is that 
we are very habituated to scan for what's wrong and it's very much part of our evolutionary heritage that to survive we have to watch out for what's wrong but in our with our cerebral cortex and our ways of doing things it turns out that we're constantly scanning for what's wrong with us there's there's a continuous kind of sense of um, that on some level we need to be different or better so we practice the loving kindness practice this friendliness practice not to begin to you know like add a positive affirmation but to remember what's true i have to share with you i want to this cartoon i love is it's got this dog going to bed with earphones on it and the under underneath it says dog affirmations and he's going to sleep and he's listening to this voice going you're such a good dog. Oh, you're such a good dog. You are such a good... good. You know? So that's not what metta is. It's not, you know, it's not like we're sending this, this message, oh, what a good person I am. Oh, I'm so good. I'm getting better and better in every way, every day. You know, it's not like we put that in the refrigerator. And Okay, so you got the idea. The classical practice of, of loving kindness is a reflection on goodness. It's because we are so conditioned to scan for what's wrong, it enlarges our perceptual field to intentionally look at each other and look within our being and sense the goodness. It all comes out of intention. I mean, if if the reason I said tonight, if you could leave with just a little more intention towards friendliness to your own being. Um, It's like we can't always be open-hearted, but we care about caring. And to remember that gives us the energy. It wakes us up. So a story uh, that I shared last year with some of you is of a doctor who... uh, at an East Coast medical school. This is uh, Rachel Remen tells this story. And he was really known for his heart. And uh, he would see people, and one of the women he saw, one of his patients was a homeless woman, describes it this way. She would fit all her stuff in two shopping carts, and once a month she'd bring these up a steep hill to his clinic by lashing them alternately to the parking meters with a belt. He describes seeing her once a month on a Wednesday, and her her speech was sometimes rambling, and she was eccentric and um, sometimes confused. And he wasn't that just didn't have any effect on him. He just saw this light of her beingness shining through, and he'd listen, just listen, really. And he didn't pretend he had answers, but he'd listen and just offer his heart his, and appreciate her. And as it turned out, um, after he'd been seeing her for some time, uh, he, it, he was told that she would come to the hospital on days he wasn't there. And she knew where his room was, so she'd come to his room, but she wouldn't go in. She'd stand right at the edge of the room and at the threshold. And then slowly and deliberately, she'd place her right foot inside the empty room and then withdraw it again and again. Then after a while, she'd be satisfied and she'd go away. Rachel writes, the places in which we are seen and heard are holy places. And in the same way, when we offer that kind of 
care and attentiveness to the homeless parts within our own being, they start being free to be healed. Do you understand the power of this? That when there's an attitude of metta, what we call friendliness or care, that atmosphere, that is the space with which the places that are hurting become free again. So we offer it to ourselves, we offer it to others. In the um, formal practice of metta, we begin really with whatever is easiest. Now for some people it's easiest to think of another person and for some people we can start with ourselves. But um, we begin with what's easiest, then widen the circles. And so we'll do that a bit. This will be our first meditation together where we bring this kind attention. First we'll bring it to another person and then to ourselves because I find a lot of people find that's, that's easier. So set yourself to sit in any way that's comfortable. This will be the first of maybe three practices tonight. And begin, as we've been talking about, with intention. Just sense your own sincerity. Maybe you might call it caring about caring, that you that there is some true place in you that has the intention to have this heart be awake and open and free. Just to feel that intention. And a sense if there's any place in your body that can relax a little bit more right now. And a slight smile at the mouth. And feel the heart. And to begin with, to bring to mind someone who for you is a benefactor. And by that I mean a person who in your life has been a part of the atmosphere of goodness that's helped in some way, that cares about you. Often it's someone you know, but it doesn't have to be someone you know. but someone whose wisdom and kindness and care you trust and that you feel yourself able to receive. And take some moments to sense how this person has in some way affected you, what the gifts have been, might just be an an attitude or atmosphere of acceptance that's been conveyed, a gesture of kindness, the wisdom that's been imparted, that's touched your heart.
as your heart reflects, sense the goodness of this person. Just that, that sacred or divine that shines through. So you can sense it through this person's humor, or their, the brightness in their eyes, or the way they show kindness or interest. And feeling as you do your appreciation, your heart's tenderness in a very visceral way, touched by that being's goodness. And just sending a wish to that person for their well-being. It might be the metaphrase of, may you be happy. May you feel safe and at ease. May you be peaceful. May your heart awaken and be totally free. As you offer your phrases, imagine this person receiving your care. As if you've put a hand on their cheek and just offered a blessing. Sensing the, the bond, the loving connection that happens when you appreciate goodness and offer your blessing. Feel that, how that lights up the heart. And then bringing the attention to this being right here, to your own body and heart and mind, to the life and spirit that lives through you. And take some moments to appreciate the goodness of who is here. It may be that you appreciate some way that goodness gets expressed through you, your humor, your curiosity, your honesty, your generosity, your kindness, your dedication to growing, to being awake. Or it may be appreciating the aliveness or vibrance, just the pure energy of this life that's right here. Appreciating the light of consciousness that's right here. And you might explore if it's helpful for a moment, sensing again your benefactor, the person you were thinking of before, and seeing yourself through that person's eyes to just get another vantage point, another perspective on your own goodness. 
And as you acknowledge and appreciate the basic goodness within you to offer yourself whatever wish you'd like to offer yourself tonight in the spirit of loving kindness whatever blessing in this moment you'd like to offer sense your experience of who you are as you offer kindness inwardly does it enlarge does it free up I'd like to read you uh, some of the teachings of Bapuji he says break your heart no longer each time you judge yourself you break your heart you stop feeding on the love that is the wellspring of your vitality but now the time has come, your time to live to celebrate and to see the goodness that you are there is no wrongness in you or in any other, no badness there is only the thought of it you are dear, divine Let no one, no thing, no idea or ideal obstruct you from that awareness. If one comes even in the name of truth, forgive it for its unknowing. Do not fight it. Just let go and breathe into the goodness that you are. Trust who you are. Hold this being with tenderness. Now we widen the circles and we'll just widen the circles to bring to mind someone that you'd like to offer your prayer of loving kindness to tonight. It might be someone having difficulty in some way, someone who's close to you that you just like to feel your connection with. So bringing him or her to mind. And take some moments to reflect on this person's goodness. To appreciate the way this person expresses love. This person's honesty, care, humor, aliveness. And as you reflect on the goodness of this person, feel it in a very visceral way in your heart. Let your heart be touched by the goodness that's there. And from that place of being touched, offering your prayer for this person's well-being, 
whatever you'd like to offer them. Imagine this person receiving your prayer, feeling your care, feeling your appreciation. Just imagine that as if you had whispered the words to them and they, they can really receive it. And as you imagine them receiving it consciously, just feel the bond of caring come alive. sensing the power of the heart, that this is your capacity to deepen attention and wake up loving connection, a web that can include this whole world. It's nice when the rain comes in just at the right time. <laughs> so this is the, the kind of heart of the practice, so to speak, of um, recognizing the goodness. And if that's all you practice this week, you know, just you know, practice the presence and then take some moments to sense the goodness that's here and offer some blessings, the goodness in another. It is radical and beautiful. Now I'd like to mention a few other um, dimensions of this practice. And one is really how the main challenge that we encounter, the Buddha taught this metta meditation at an interesting time. What had happened was this band of monks had appeared bedraggled and so on from the jungles. They were freaked out, totally scared, they came to him and said, we can't do it, we can't meditate in the jungle anymore, we're totally scared of the ghosts and the wild beasts and the creatures, what can we do, help us? And that was the time that he basically said, oh, okay, I'll teach you the metta meditation. <laughs> because his, one of his most deep wisdom teachings was that our fear is great, but greater yet is the truth of our connectedness that if we realize our belonging with the earth and with each other and with our own bodies and with this life, that that belonging creates a sense of safety and peace that really protects us. So he taught them the metta meditation and they practiced and they went into the jungles and as the story has it, like a lot of good stories, um, not only did they come into a place of feeling free and peaceful in the midst of the jungle, but all the wild creatures became their allies and adored them and so on. So metta really works. I have worked with many people that have been uh, more and more what we're recognizing in retreats and in classes and so on is that most of us have had some trauma in our life and some of us have had a lot of trauma and it's in our nervous system. So fear is very strong for a lot of us, some more than others. And that if you want to be present with fear, 
it's absolutely essential to have some way of connecting with a feeling of belonging or care or love that love is the medicine and uh, I'll share one story with you one woman I worked with she actually worked in uh, the prison system wonderful woman just real strong energetic beaming smile and yet she could flip and at other times be totally terrified and she had as it turned out she had been I think it was her uncle that had raped her repeatedly when she, between ages 11 and 13. I think that's what it was. And um, she just kept replaying it, ending up with boyfriends that were abusive and aggressive and so on. And so as soon as she would be with a certain kind of very aggressive male, she would just freeze and choke up and, and have a lot of fear. So... Um, we practiced this metta meditation and the way we practiced it was that um, she would sit and she would call on several people that for her were her spirit allies and one was her sister and one was a best friend and she included me in the circle we were working together and she'd meditate and she'd visualize one having her back and the other on two, two, two sides kind of circling around her, light, protection, love, circling around her. And when she'd be afraid, she'd invoke us and, and call on us and gradually that would, that would help her to let the fear settle. And so we practiced it a lot. We were doing, she, was come, she came for therapy initially. We practiced it, you know, in our sessions. But it was really on her own that she had quite a, a profound breakthrough. And as it turned out, she and her boyfriend got into a fight. She said, that's it, I'm done. She left. She went to stay at her friend's house that night because she was kind of afraid to be alone. And, and late in the nighttime, she started having this kind of a panic attack that maybe he would stalk her or try to get back at her or something. And so she sat up and she did this. She invoked, invoked her allies and went through, really, the trauma played through her body. She said she felt utterly broken apart. It's like fear was tearing through her and breaking her apart like these hot, fiery winds. And she was kind of in pieces. But she said that the, she would just keep whispering our names and imagining us there. And gradually, there was fear, but there was space. And space means everything when it comes to working with difficult emotions. It was that the fear was there, but she had the space in her being, in her heart, so there was room for it. And the more there was room for it, the more she could say yes, just let it move through, because if you're resisting fear, of course, it gets more intense. She wouldn't have been able to do that if she hadn't felt the presence of love. She would have been re-traumatized. In fact, some of the instructions for mindfulness can lead to being re-traumatized if you have a lot of trauma in your system. There's a lot of trauma and you feel a wave of fear and you go, okay, what's happening inside me? Then I'm going to say yes. You say yes to it. It can lead to a kind of terror because you don't have the resilience to work with it. There's not a fullness of mind, a mindfulness. But invoking love creates the space that allows us to re-experience something but in a new and healing way, not re-experience it and get re-traumatized. So for her, that was a very powerful way to use the metta meditation. A poem that um, I shared with her that 
really matched for her. Because she found that after she was able to be with the fear and have it move through her, she said that in that space where she had just was able to be present, she said the light of her soul was able to shine through. And that as long as she had been fighting fear and running from fear, she said she had lost her soul. But in that night that she stayed present and called on love, she felt like she had recovered it, recovered a sense of wholeness from those broken places. So I shared with her a poem by Rashani that I wanted to share with you tonight. There's a brokenness out of which comes the unbroken, a shatteredness out of which blooms the unshatterable. There's a sorrow beyond all grief which leads to joy, and a fragility out of whose depths emerges strength. There's a hollow space too vast for words through which we pass with each loss, out of whose darkness we are sanctioned into being. There's a cry deeper than all sound whose serrated edges cut the heart as we break open to the place inside that is unbreakable and whole. So we find our way to this wholeness by calling on love. That gives us the space, the capacity for presence with what we've been running from. So I thought we'd just do a very, uh, just to give you a taste, a little practice right now. And again, if it's something you want to explore more fully, there's a CD with a guided meditation on it um, called Radical Acceptance Guided Meditations in the back that has this particular practice. So we'll do just a very simple version of this. And in the guided meditations we do in class, it's best not to choose something that you feel is traumatizing. Um, It's not a really good setting for diving into the heart of traumatic fear. So sense for yourself what feels right. But we begin this particular meditation in a simple way. Again, Feel this as a pause right now. Let your shoulders relax a little. Soften your hands. And take a few full breaths. Let yourself arrive. as we did when we reflected on benefactors. Again, allow yourself to bring to mind one or two or three people, or they could be spiritual figures, that in some way feel like your allies. It could be a person you know or a person you don't know, but beings that in some way help you to feel safe, where you can in some way feel that you can receive their love, their wisdom, their consciousness. And take your time as you imagine, and it could be just one person or one spiritual figure, or it could be two or three, 
Not everybody needs to have a ring of beings. But take your time and let whoever arises really sense perhaps the eyes of this being looking at you with love and the message that comes through these eyes of I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. So that there's a kind of a a warmth that can emanate and be received to help you really feel in your heart accompanied. Once you sense the presence of a person or a spiritual figure or more than one around you, sense if there's some situation in your life that's difficult that you'd like to have held in a field of loving, a situation that's scary, challenging, painful, that you'd like to explore being felt in a meta-field, in a field of care. It might be a difficulty in a relationship or perhaps something you're dealing with in terms of your own health. Something that leaves you feeling perhaps isolated, hurting or afraid. And as you sense the situation, let yourself feel the realness of what comes up around it. But as you do, you might put your hand on your heart. So you're breathing and feeling what's difficult. But sense your ally or allies here so that the hand on your heart helps you to kind of sense that presence, that loving presence, as if it could flow through your own hand, send a message to your heart, it's okay. I'm with you. Love is with you. So that you let the vulnerability and pain be held by something larger. continuing to be present for whatever is difficult, to feel the presence of love helping to hold that. Now bring to mind someone else that might be struggling in a similar way. Somebody else you know, and if it's not someone you know, someone you imagine that feels similarly afraid, ashamed, angry, So that as you breathe and feel this vulnerability, you breathe for them too. 
and you sense that this being too is held in a field of loving. And you can invite in more beings, all those that might suffer in the same way. This is part of the Tibetan practice of Tonglen, where we open ourselves to the suffering of all those that are feeling this pain. Let ourselves feel that pain and also sense with the out-breath that it's being held in some field of loving that's vast and pure. Sensing who you are when you're opening to the suffering that's here, who you are when it's being held in love. So that if you just relax and let go, you can sense that that loving field is your own awakened heart. that our allies connect us with the light and love of our own true nature. We close tonight with the prayer of metta that widens the circles endlessly to sense whatever is true in this moment for you, to sense the life, the hurt, the vulnerability, the love. To sense this possibility of awakening our hearts to hold this life, this life within us, and a heart that's wide enough to hold the whole world offering our prayer to all beings now. May all beings everywhere be held in loving-kindness, be filled with loving-kindness. May all beings everywhere feel safe and at peace. May all beings everywhere realize the loving awareness that's their very source and may their lives be an expression of that loving. May all beings be free. Namaste. So just a a few words about tonight and about next week. These are, tonight, the way we practice are just a particular version of the classical teachings. There are kind of infinite ways you can do the loving-kindness practices. The bottom line, if you're trying to find your own practices, is it's an experiment. 
there's not going to be a classic formula. You just keep on exploring what ways of, what words and images and rememberings touch your heart. And the sign of metta really working through you is that this heart opens. It becomes more tender. It becomes more free. So the invitation is to explore this this week. And when we get together next week, we'll explore that final gateway, which includes all the other gateways of how we really turn towards the uh, awakeness and emptiness of awareness itself, the purity of that. Given the uh, talk of tonight, maybe just to take um, a few moments to say hello to someone you've never said hello to here and just sense who's there. Sense who's there and enjoy that. Okay? So have a blessed night. See you next week. The teaching you have received has been freely offered. If you would like to contact the Insight Meditation Community of Washington, to make a donation or to learn more about our programs, please visit our website at www.imcw.org. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.